More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, what's love got to do with it? Are you struggling to love a difficult person in your life? Let's explore what it really means to love the challenging people that we have to deal with. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, what's love got to do with it? As we talk about the struggle we all have in loving difficult people. Do you have to deal with a difficult person in your life? Or I guess I should ask, just one? (laughs) Maybe it's your spouse or one of your children, whether they're younger children or adult kids, a family member, a friend, co-worker, somebody in your parish. Do they tend to make unreasonable demands of you? Maybe they're quick to lash out in anger, or they fail to follow through on promises and you just don't feel like you can count on them. Maybe they expect you to drop everything when they need you, or you find yourself walking on eggshells around them, afraid to say or do the wrong thing. I mean, whatever it is, look, there are a million ways that people can be difficult. I don't know if you've noticed. But we want to help you handle all those ways, all those problems, gracefully. So give us a call. The number is 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. I have a friend who used to tell me on on days that were particularly difficult with people. Look, I just want to find the highest mountaintop, build a house there, and just <laughs> move up there and stay there and stop dealing with everyone. Yeah, (laughs) you know, some of us do want to be hermits, but most of us know we have to live in the real world and deal with real people with their real problems and their real emotions and how they end up dragging us into it, taking it out on us, being something belligerent, nasty, whiny, overly needy, angry, all of those things that somehow... You know, there are days where it just feels like, you know, we're standing near a puddle and a bus goes by and it just splashes all over us. And then there are days that are a lot worse than that. And we really have to deal with the fact that they are not treating us with the respect that we deserve, with the patience or the love that we deserve. And even if they've gotten to the point where they kind of convince us we don't deserve it, we do. As sons and daughters of God, we deserve respect, we deserve love, we deserve to be cared for. And sometimes those people are just not willing to see that point of view and be there for us. So whether you're dealing with just the difficulty of somebody's personality or something they're going through and it's just splashing up all over you and you have no idea how to deal with it, 
or they're really coming after you in some way, shape, or form, and you're just at sixes and sevens. You don't know what to do with them anymore. You don't know how to handle the situation. You're exhausted by it or frustrated by it or getting angry yourself. Let's deal with it today so that you can cope with people and all of their stuff better than you're feeling like you're coping with it right now. Give us a call on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Again, the show is titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? Because other than the hat tip to Tina Turner, we're, we're actually really looking at what does love have to do with loving that difficult person? What does it mean to love that difficult person? You know, I think it's hard for us, especially as Catholic Christians, to, uh, under, to, to kind of wrap our heads around this um, because we have a tendency to just think that the only appropriate response to a difficult person is just to tolerate them being difficult. Um, so, for example, you know, St. Jose Maria Escriva you know, said, don't, don't say that person bothers me. Instead, think that person sanctifies me. Now, that's true, right? I mean, that is absolutely true. But the problem with it is that if we don't think about that any more deeply than that, we have a tendency to just think that means, well, I just have to just let them sanctify me. Let them abuse me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But being sanctified by a particular person demands the right response from us. Right? We, we, we have to really be asking God, how do I respond to this person in a way that will sanctify me and ideally them? Well, I want to really hit on what you're saying here because our sanctification requires our cooperation. It doesn't require us to shut ourselves off, let people do whatever they want with us, and then let God clean up the mess, You know, even in our own souls and our own minds. When we are in a situation with other fallen human beings and we are fallen ourselves, it requires us to intentionally cooperate by asking that question, by being part of it. You know, Lord, if you're using this person to sanctify me, how do I work for this person's good and my, pers- my, my personal ultimate good as well? How do you want me to respond to this? Now, we have a God who cares about all of our sanctification very deeply, suffered and died for us for it. If we just let people get away with their fallen sinful behavior, that's not helping us sanctify them. And therefore, we're not actively working to sanctify ourselves. But it's tricky to know what that actually means because it it's sure very is. easy to uh, not just respond gracefully to what they're doing or saying, but to actually lash out or to respond in a way that makes things worse. Uh, and we want to talk about, you know, what does it mean to deal gracefully with those difficult people in your life? So do you have to deal with a difficult person, you know, whether who, no matter who it is, right? Do they tend to make unreasonable demands or are they quick to lash out in anger? Maybe they fail to follow through on promises or they say they're sorry, but then they do the thing over and over again. Or maybe they don't even say they're sorry. They just say that you have to get a thicker skin or you just have to deal with it. Maybe they expect you to drop everything whenever they need you. Or you find yourself walking on eggshells around them, afraid to say or do the wrong thing because you don't want to set them off. Whatever the situation is, there are a million ways that people can be difficult and difficult to deal with. We want to help you handle them gracefully. 877-573-7825. 
And if you are listening later on to the More to Life podcast, you can always send us your questions via email. And that address is questions at more2liferadio.com. We love hearing your voice, so give us a call right now if you're listening at 877-573-7825. And tell us about the difficult people in your life so we can help you deal with them gracefully. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. And if you're not sure what that is, um, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of five years where he looked at how we can understand God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design and creation, especially how he designed our bodies. The theology of the body reminds us that every individual is a unique and unrepeatable person. And boy, that is a great thing. But then we realize that it means that everyone is different and different from us. And then somehow we have to learn to deal respectfully with all those differences instead of just feeling put off or threatened by them. It's easy to see irritating people as threatening and to allow ourselves to become defensive in response. But the theology of the body would remind us that the only appropriate response to people even irritating, threatening people, is love. Yeah, you know, sometimes loving a frustrating person means bearing the wrongs they commit, us, commit against us patiently. Absolutely, that's one of the spiritual works of mercy, right? But other times, especially when a person is habitually offensive, loving that person means setting appropriate boundaries and, and admonishing them to repent or change, not just with our words, but with our actions. That's a spiritual work of mercy, too. And St. John Paul said it wasn't enough to be loving. We have to love responsibly. That is, we have to have the ability to respond in the most loving way that's called for by a particular situation and a particular person. And knowing the best way to be loving in the moment, especially when we're dealing with people we find irritating or upsetting or difficult, requires us to check our tendency to be either reactively firm or reactively nice. Instead, we need to learn how to be receptive to the ways God is moving in the moment and how he's specifically asking us to work for the other person's good as well as our own good and the good of our relationships so that all of our relationships can anticipate the community of love that we'll be called to live in in the next life. So, wondering what that means for you? Let's talk it out together. The number is 877 573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we bring to you all the people that we find difficult to deal with and frustrating. We ask you for the patience, for the grace, for the compassion and understanding that we need to respond to those people in love, and, and to have the wisdom to know what it means to respond to them in love. When is it time to bear those wrongs patiently? And when is it time to admonish that other person to make change, to repent? When is it time to set boundaries that protect us from the cruel or abusive or uh, difficult behavior that also challenge that other person to grow and change through your grace as well? Help us to be instruments of your grace in all of our relationships, especially those difficult ones, so that we can respond in true, authentic love, building your kingdom in everything that we do. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, 
and in the name, in the name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? As we talk about what it means to love those difficult people in your life, no matter who they are, whether that's your spouse or one of your kids, whether they're little kids or adult kids, a family member, a friend, a coworker, somebody in your parish, our lives are filled with difficult people, and we want to help you deal with them gracefully. 877 573 7825. Let's talk now with Marie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Toronto, Canada. Hi, Marie. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Uh, good morning, Dr. Pavchak. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for taking my call. I have a situation here where I was, you know, abused as a young child by uh, three of my family members. Um, they continue to inflict abuse on me. It hasn't stopped, like in different ways, taking away my inheritance, and I continue to suffer. Uh, well, as they get, uh, get, you know, they've gotten away with everything. I was wondering at what point do I, do I or should I bring this out in the open uh, to them and their wives so that everyone can get healing? Uh, or should I just continue to Taking the abuse, suffer, kill as a secret, and die with it uh, doesn't seem to be getting better. I only seem to be getting more and more affected by all of this. So I'm not sure how to move forward with this. Well, I, I guess I have a question for you. I mean, so so how how often do you still still see these people? You, you, you're saying they still affect you. I mean, so so how, what kind of relationship do you have with them now? I have no relationship with them because they removed me out from the inheritance and they've always been very rude to me. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. because they've not healed their own wounds, uh, so they're guilty and so they're still taking it out on me in different ways. I'm not in touch with any of them because uh, they just want to hurt me. Yes, well, I, I mean, I think that's the wise choice. Um, and, and so I guess what are... When you when you I, I, well, the piece I guess I'm, I'm confused about is is that um, you know there's you say that they're still hurting you but you don't have a relationship with them so so how how is it that they are uh, having contact with you to continue to to treat you poorly? So during the time I was in touch with them, they would be very abusive and rude to me ninety percent of the time. But now that my parents have passed away, they've even taken away my inheritance. They okay. removed me out from the will, so I get nothing. So. The, you know, they've hurt me to such an extent. I understand. And have you spoken yeah. with an attorney about that? Uh, you know, I'm all alone. I'm a single parent, and I don't have the funds or the resources to fight them. And they know that, so they're taking full okay. advantage of me. Well, Maria, I mean, I, I think that, you know, when considering um, the value in confronting, you know, people who were abusive to us in, in childhood, we have to really look at, um, how, the cost that that's going to in, inflict on us in the present. You know, when I talk to people in, in the pastoral counseling practice about this issue, you know, they, they often will say, I, I want to get closure. I want to go back to that parent or that, that, that sibling or wh whoever that family member was that hurt me. Um, and generally speaking, it's not a great idea. Not because we want to, uh, you know, keep that hidden. I mean, I, I so that, so I'm not suggesting that you should keep that hidden at all. I think that it's appropriate to seek help, to talk to whomever you need to talk to, to get help. Uh, and for example, even in this situation, even if you can't afford, uh, you know, getting legal counsel, you know, a lot of attorneys will work, uh, you know, with an arrangement where they get a percentage of what the settlement might be. So I think it's worth speaking to an attorney. 
uh, to see what can be done or if, if, there, if there's an attorney who's willing to work on a contingency fee. Um, but, you know, th- there's very little benefit to going back to that, those people because they, they won't, they will rarely admit that they've done anything wrong and they are rarely willing to work with you to find healing either for themselves or you. The most important thing you can do is pursue that healing on your own by getting appropriate counseling in the present to heal those wounds, by seeking legal counsel to address those uh, practical ways that they continue to afflict you, uh, and setting those boundaries. And when we set those boundaries and when we get strong ourselves, that's what often calls those people who were abusive to, to repent in some way because they're beginning to face consequences for their actions. But just going back to them and saying, hey, you hurt me and I, and I, I, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that, or even talking to their spouse, will rarely do any good because it ends up costing us more abuse without any benefit uh, to be gotten from it. So what I would suggest you do is you want to focus on your own healing and getting the help that you need to set appropriate boundaries and make those boundaries stick um, moving forward. And again, I would really encourage you to seek uh, legal advice um, from an attorney who would be willing to accept a contingency fee if there is somebody in your area that would be willing to do that. It's worth a conversation at least um, because it's all about, at this stage of the game, setting boundaries, not not confronting them. Because And it's not a matter of keeping it secret either. I just would be clear about that, right? Because that's the way you put it. Should I confront them or should I continue to keep it secret? No, you should tell whoever you need to tell uh, so that you can facilitate your healing. It's not about taking that out in the newspaper to pronounce, you know, but but it's about you know talking to the people you need to talk to to get this these these wounds addressed and these very practical problems um, answered as well. Um, but it's very it's very rarely useful to go back and confront the the abuser because they end up just abusing you more and denying it and making you feel even more confused. And the process. other thing is is that you said you're a single mom. You've got, you're spread thin enough, Marie, and your whole focus has to be on raising your children to be better people than your original family was and to really help them know they are loved and respected so they don't go through what you went through and to form that life and to move forward doing what you're called to do now, which is being a very effective, connected mom and helping your children grow up. And so when you, excuse me, frog in my throat today. When you go back to the original family and try to get that resolution, you're just taking all the energy that you need to be pouring into creating a life now and getting yourself in a, in a safe position for your family and raising your children and being present to them. You're draining your own energies and it's just not worth it because of the kind of people they are. It's very obvious who they are. So I would really encourage you to do what Greg is saying. And also every time you feel like you're being dragged back into those past memories, do something loving for your children or something loving for yourself so that you can recenter yourself on the present and moving forward in a healthy way. Marie, with that, we have to go to break. But thank you so much for your call. Please be assured that we've added you to our More to Life uh, prayer list. Uh, and if there's more we can do to support you in your ongoing healing, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. All right, we have to take a break. When we come back, we are continuing to take your calls about those difficult people in your life. How do we love them? What does it really mean to be loving to those difficult people and to respond to them gracefully? Let's talk about it. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up right after the break. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, 
a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. How are we treating God? Are we treating him like a magic wand, a rabbit's foot, only going to him when we need something? The results, if we don't stay in a relationship with God, and I know this from personal experience, much of the suffering that I had in my life has been brought on by my own stupid mistakes. We have to have God front and center of our life every day. As Father Michael Schmidt says, we're all called to be saints. We have to stand up and fight. We can't just grab God when we need something. He's not a slot machine putting coins in then pulling the one-armed bandit and expecting to win a big prize. We have to have that relationship with God so we can truly do His will and be truly happy. So follow Him, not just once in a while, but every single moment. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Do you have a difficult person in your life? What, just one? (laughs) I imagine you probably have a lot of difficult people in your life. Well, we want to help you deal with those difficult people gracefully, regardless of what makes them difficult. Whether they make unreasonable demands or are quick to lash out in anger fail to follow through on promises, never accept responsibility for what they do. Maybe you feel like you're walking on eggshells around them. Whatever the situation is, let us help you handle those difficult people gracefully. The number again is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. You can also send us your questions via email, especially if you're tuning into the More to Life podcast. That email address is questions at more2liferadio.com. Mary, who was calling from uh, Iowa, yes, I think it is, a Holy Family Radio, she says that she has a neighbor who lets their dogs roam from our neighborhood. A new neighbor moved into the community recently, and they're not very nice. That, that Mary does not like I think the it's dogs. the neighbor that doesn't like the dogs running around and, com- and, the, and complains all the time about them. And she's wondering how to address the new neighbor's complaints in a neighborly way. Um, and so, the you know, Mary, the, the thing you want to be careful about here is, we, you know, we, we are called to be peacemakers, but there's a difference between being a peacemaker and a triangulator. And, and triangulation um, means that we stick ourselves in between us, uh, the two people who are having a fight, and we try to be the arbiters for those people. And the problem with that, although it's well-intentioned, is that we end up getting all the, uh, the fire 
uh, thrown at us without being able to affect any kind of effective change. If your neighbor, if your new neighbor is complaining about the other neighbors and the way they're, 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 the dogs their dogs are running the neighborhood, the neighborhood, yes, I'm seeing this. Thing. What you want to make sure that you're doing is talking to that neighbor about going directly to, to speak to the person who owns the dogs. Right. The neighbors who are complaining should just... Instead of murmuring among themselves, they should go and talk to the new neighbor and explain how the community runs. And the best thing you can do is, is just empathize. Yes, I, I understand how frustrating that's got to be. I, I think, you know, for, for you, and if, if that's something that you feel strongly about, I think you should go and talk to our neighbor about that. You know, make sure that you talk to them charitably. They're decent people, and, and I'm sure they'd be willing to hear what you have to say. But, you know, go talk to them. Because there's nothing that I can do for you, you know, other than be sympathetic to your concern, right? So you're, you're, you as a Christian person are being a peacemaker because you're facilitating the right order by which a thing should be addressed. And that's what a peacemaker is. A peacemaker isn't somebody who smooths everything over. A peacemaker isn't somebody who just runs around kind of trying to whitewash everything and make everybody happy. A peacemaker, according to St. Augustine, is the person who facilitates the tranquility that results from right order. And so by, by saying to the, your neighbor, hey, go talk to the neighbor who owns the dogs. You know, I, I'm sure they're, they're good people and they'd be willing to hear you out. Uh, you, you need to address your concerns directly with them. What you're doing is you are facilitating the process by which peace could happen. And that's what being a peacemaker means. Smoothing everything over doesn't make you an active Christian. It makes you an enabler. And what ends up happening when you triangulate yourself in this way is that everybody from both sides ends up getting mad at you. I don't know why it works out that way. People don't go, oh, look, Margaret works so hard. Mary works so hard to be able to like make us all have peace in our neighborhood. Aren't we grateful to her? No, somehow they all decide that you were the you know busybody or interfering one or something. They all take it wrong, and they end up being friends, and you end up on the outside. And I've seen it happen a zillion times. So really encouraging that talking to one another and keeping your opinion out of it and you, go, you being a go-between out of it is probably the safest, best, and most effective way to go. So empathize with the concerns they're expressing and the feelings that they are sharing, um, but then redirect in, to the appropriate people who are able to discuss the problem and resolve the problem. Thanks for the call, Mary. You know, and that, that's a really important thing. You know, again, when we think, when we hear, be a peacemaker, we don't ask, well, what does, that, what does God mean by that? We say, what has the world taught us about being a peacemaker? And the world teaches us that being a peacemaker means being a smoother overer. That's not what God is calling us to. <laughs> 877-573-7825. We're talking about dealing with difficult people in our show titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? What, is, what does it mean to love a difficult person? When do we bear their wrongs patiently, as we sometimes should, and and, and as the spiritual work of mercy calls us to, and when do we admonish them, as a different spiritual work of mercy calls us to? How do we know what the situation calls for? Let us help. We're going to help you deal with all those difficult people in your life today on More to Life. The number is 877-573-7825. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. Maybe you've even prayed the prayer of spiritual communion. Spiritual communion is a concept that goes all the way back to the 4th century. It flourished in the Eastern Church and gradually moved west. Spiritual communion stresses the transcendence of God, where we unite our desires, intentions, and loves with the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the consecration of the Eucharist at the altar. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Does unity in the church eliminate diversity? No, says the Catholic Catechism. 
From the beginning, the Catholic Church has been marked by great diversity. Diversity in God's gifts. Diversity in the multiplicity of cultures and people who are its members. There is even diversity in its particular churches who maintain their own traditions. The Catechism asserts this is not a threat to the Church's unity. Sin, however, and its consequences are a constant threat to unity. The number one bond of unity is charity, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There are also visible bonds of unity, profession of one faith, common celebration of divine worship, especially the sacraments and apostolic succession through the sacrament of holy orders. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Throughout Scripture, again and again, we hear that we're to not be afraid, that we must trust in the Lord and be confident in God's providence, deliverance, mercy, and constant care. As theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar once observed, quote, when one surveys even from a distance how often and how openly sacred Scripture speaks of fear and anxiety, an initial conclusion presents itself. The Word of God is not afraid of fear or anxiety, end quote. What a powerful observation. When we feel anxious, God wants us to wrap ourselves in His grace. But sometimes that's easier said than done. A good place to start is to take a moment to remind yourself of all the other times when you were sure you were doomed, but God came through. Allow yourself to relive the relief you felt in those past moments. Then praise God for His past faithfulness and ask for the grace to remember that He is still as faithful now as He was then. To learn more tips for overcoming anxiety, check out my book, Unworried, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? As we talk about what it means to love a difficult person, to love the difficult people in our life, Regardless of why they're difficult, the fact is we all have to confront people who we find challenging to deal with for one reason or another. How do we deal with them gracefully? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. And let's talk it out together. But before we go to our next call, we have congratulations going out to another member of the EWTN radio family. Athens Catholic Radio 105.7 FM in Athens, Georgia, is celebrating seven years with us this week. Congratulations to George Segalis and the great folks at WXPB from all of us here at EWTN. And listeners, wherever you are tuning in to EWTN Catholic Radio, make sure you are supporting your local EWTN radio station. Let's keep EWTN Radio going strong for decades to come so that we can keep supporting you in living a more faithful, 
an abundant life. We're taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825 about all the difficult people you have to deal with. How do we deal with them gracefully? Let's talk it out. Right now, let's talk with Margaret, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Virginia. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi. I had a couple of people to talk about, but I chose my mom. Um, <laughs> Bless your so heart. I, we'll do the show again. You can I, call back uh, about them, too. Later. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, though. I'm sorry. So um, my, my brother and I have been taking care of my mom. She um, has had Parkinson's for some time now, and it's been getting worse and worse. Um, but she is very independent. And um, just some background, so we were, we have a divorced family, my first family with my mom, and so we've always supported my mom, and she never remarried, but she was in a relationship, like a spousal relationship for forever. She's still in this relationship, but... Um, so he's still present in her life? Yes. Okay. So, but doesn't really he have that responsibility or they never merged their finances, even though they kind of did. So that's difficult. And she's lived with us on and off. My brother and I bought a house, um, about 13, now 14 years ago. I no longer live in that house, but, um, we were, when she started to get bad, um, we were taking care of her together. Um, but then she'd kind of get better and go back and live with him sometimes. I mean, that's her house. Um, but she would live up here with us, um, and she used to live with us for years working um, in the area. So it's like she lived with us. Anyway, so that's the dynamic. Um, she's bounced around. She's very independent. She's always been um, of us and of everyone, and she's kind of a perfectionist. But so now that she's getting worse, it's almost impossible to really take care of her, and um, we don't know how much we should tell it's getting to the point now where we're going to have to make decisions for her um, just because she won't be able to make them pretty soon. But then to just ask her, hey, if you're going to be here, I now need help to take care of you, like during the day and, you know, to maybe set up. Because if we try to, I'm no longer in the home helping my brother. So now this is really for him. When he's taking care of her and she's staying with him, he needs help. I mean, I come by. Um, but so what's what's enough. the question? Because it sounds like you're afraid to talk to her about this. What, is that is that what you're asking? Is it is it appropriate to talk to her I mean, about we've it directly? Talked to her. She mm-hmm. just, you know, she won't make a decision of where she's staying, and so we don't know. Should we say, hey, you can't do this. You have to stay here, or don't come, or because to keep doing what we're doing. My brother's okay. like he's at his wit's end. He doesn't know how to yeah. tell her no, and then she has other things. Too, and he's taking care of all of these things and she has mail going here and stuff he's doing yeah. lawsuits for her that she has going on with properties because she's always been so okay so it's a bit chaotic yeah it's a, it's a chaotic situation yeah. so so yes I, I think you have to be very clear about what you are able to do now um I wouldn't say, you know, mom, you either need to accept our help or don't come around anymore. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's, you know, that's making the situation infinitely worse. I do have a, a, another suggestion for that. But I do, he, you know, it's very difficult for the, for the person who is becoming infirm to wrestle with that infirmity. I mean, none of us want to lose our independence or lose our ability to take care of ourselves. That's a terrifying thing to have to confront. 
Um, and so we want to avoid that as much as we possibly can. But, you know, to love somebody in that situation means to be honest with them about the level of care that they need versus the level of care that we're able to provide and to be able to say, look, there's a gap here between what I'm able to do for you and what you're, what you're needing from me or what you're needing in general. Uh, and I'm, you know, and in fact, you've, you've come to the place where I'm not even capable. It's not even that I don't want to. It's that I'm not capable of providing the care the level of care that you need. And neither is my brother. And it's just not something we can do anymore. And so you need to choose one of these options, right? And you present her with some options. Now, if she refuses, then the next step would be contacting the, the elder services department of your, of, uh, in your county. Uh, most people aren't aware that, uh, you know, we're all aware of children's services, but, but people don't know that most, in fact, I believe all counties have some kind of elder services department as well. Um, and so that the, they would be able to send a social worker to your mom's home to evaluate her ability to care for herself and to make sure that she's safe. Uh, and if she's not, then they could make recommendations and even guide you on legal options that would be available to, you know, force the issue uh and so so that's what i would say don't 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 put her in the position of, of saying well if you won't would pick one of these choices and don't come around anymore because then she won't pick anything and then she'll, she'll hurt herself but i would use particular language with her margaret which is mom you have always been such an independent person and we have always admired that <laughs> even if it's a little hard to say that at times we've always admired that and we want to have for you to make the decision because we know that your independence is important to you. So we want to give you the independence to make the decision of these options. So even in the language you're using, you're empowering her to make the choice. You're not saying, mom, you have to do this, but you're letting her know what you're capable of, what you're not capable of. You're giving her the one or two or three options that you can come up with. And you're saying, we need you to make a choice and we need you to stick with it for our good and for your own well-being. Now in terms of your own boundaries or the boundaries your brother would set, I, I think it's okay to be very clear that, that here I, I am able to do X, Y, and Z. You know, so for instance, I am able to take you to doctor's appointments as long as you schedule them on Tuesdays or Thursdays at these times, right? Or I am able to help you get groceries as long as we do it on this day and at this time. I'm more than willing to continue to manage your mail, but you have to have it all forwarded to the address that I'm at so I can stop running back and forth and trying to figure it all out. And and when she says, you know, when she if she doesn't do that and she says, oh, did, did, can you go to the other house and get my mail? It's okay to say no. You know, I, I discussed this with you. You need to have it all forwarded to this place. Or if she schedules an appointment on a Wednesday instead of the Tuesday or Thursday, and she says, I need you to take me, you can say no. I, I, I said, I'm happy to take you on Tuesday or Thursday, but I can't do these other days. And mom, this is why we keep saying that you need to make a choice between, you know, this place to this residential place or this choice because you need a level of support that we're not able to give you. So let's revisit that question. Do you think that it would be time to make a choice between one of those two things? So, so do you see what I'm saying? So it's not a matter of don't come around anymore. It's a matter of I'm not going to do things that I'm not capable of doing. I can do these things, but I can't do those things. I will do these things, but I won't do those things. And that's why you're going to ultimately need to make that choice. And again, if, if, if you are genuinely concerned about her safety uh, and her ability to take care of herself, that's when you would make a call to the county's elder services department. 
Margaret, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for your willingness to be there for your mom in all the ways that you are. And I would share this conversation that you've had with us today by listening to the podcast with your brother so you can have real clarity of what you've heard here and have a way to discuss it. Because if you two can have the same language, the same way of dealing with her, it is going to be much easier for her to cooperate with that than it will be if you don't. If you don't, she's going to do that thing we talked about earlier in the show, which is kind of triangulate between you and play you off of each other and nothing will get resolved. So it would be great if you and your brother can be on the same page. Yeah, so check out the podcast at either at AveMariaRadio.net or EWTN.com. Thanks so much for the call, Margaret. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Our show today is talking about difficult people and how to love them. You know, what does it mean to love that difficult, challenging, obnoxious, irritating, frustrating person? Let's figure it out together. 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Luke chapter six, verses twenty-seven through thirty-six. I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Now we hear this verse. Um, and it's a very powerful verse. And in fact, this is the verse that goes on to say, you know, if somebody strikes you, offer them your other cheek. If they ask you to walk a mile, you know, if they press you to walk a mile, walk two miles for them, you know, all of that. Um, and, and we read this superficially and think, well, Jesus is telling us that we need to be nice to everybody. Of course, he's asking us to be kind and, and loving and compassionate. But, but, but sometimes loving that person, loving our enemy means setting boundaries. So, for example, you know, Think about that. If somebody slaps you and you turn the other cheek and you offer them the other cheek to slap, that's a gutsy move. <laughs> that's a challenging thing to do. It's, it's saying, I, I'm strong enough to take whatever you can give me. And that challenges that person who's trying to humiliate you to change. Right? Jesus isn't just saying, be nice. He's saying, do what it takes to call your enemy to repentance. And in some cases, that might mean being even more kind to them. And in other ways, it might mean being firm, but in all cases, it means maintaining your dignity and doing everything you do in a genuine spirit of love that's ordered to work for your ultimate good and the ultimate good of the other person. We're continuing to take your calls at 877-573-7825. Our show today is titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? As we talk about dealing with those difficult people, give us a call, 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue right after the break. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. Here's the new challenge. At least one hour a week in front of the Blessed Sacrament with the goal of an hour a day in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I had a guy come up to me and he says, Father, you know, I'm doing a lot of things. I'm, I'm in a men's fellowship. I pray with my wife every day. I go to Mass every Sunday and, and usually a couple times during the week. I read Scripture. He goes, I want more. I said, do you pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament? He said, outside of Mass, no. I said, I think that's the more. See, all these saints, these are the ones who surround us. These are the ones who ran before us. These are the ones who 
fought well, who kept the faith, they would tell you, as would every single saint in heaven right now, you cannot run this race if you don't spend time with the master. Whatever else we're doing, it's second, third, and fourth. First things need to be first. And the first thing is to be with the master. And the master is Jesus. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today we're talking about dealing with difficult people. What does it mean to love them on our show titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? Because let's face it, when we're dealing with a difficult person, the last thing we want to do is love them. But we are called to do exactly that. What does it mean in a particular situation and with those particular people? It often means very different things. Let's work it out. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Carol, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Tennessee. Hi, Carol. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question? Hi. Um, I have a situation in my sister's family, <clears throat> my two sisters, where each has a daughter that is currently pregnant and unmarried. Um, the one daughter is planning to wed, but not until after the baby is born. And the other one is not at all said anything about wedding plans. And even at Christmas, she sent out her Christmas card with her and her boyfriend holding up their ultrasound. That was their Christmas card. Um, she's now planning a big baby shower. And I guess my question is, how far do I have to go showing my, you know, unity with their plans? I have no problem giving the baby a gift, but kind of draw the line at housewarming parties and baby showers for someone who never intends to marry as far as I can discern. Well, I mean, Carol, I mean, I think that that what we have to look at here is um, we're always called to work for the ultimate good of another person, right? And ask ourselves, you know, what impact will our choices have on working toward the ultimate good of that other person? And while I understand you wanting to st- stand for um, the, the, the you know, Christian ideal of, of marriage and family life, and, and those children certainly do deserve to be raised in a household with a married mom and dad, um, how do we get them there? What's the best way that we can move these people to that healthier, more stable, even holier lifestyle? Um, and so there, there are some situations where we have the kind of relationship with a person where if we say, look, I, I can't support what you're doing, our relationship with them is so strong and our presence in their life so important that that wakes them up and makes them say, 
yeah, you know, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, or gosh, I don't want to lose you, so I'm willing to really look at my choices in a deeper way. That is not the situation that you have here. Um, the situation you have here would just cause these people to look at you and say, you know, um, Aunt Carol is just a stick in the mud who hates us, and uh, why, why, you know, she's just being mean. On top of that, they're going to say she's a Christian who is so into the rules of what she thinks everything should be that she isn't as pro-life as she says she is. And I think as a pro-life people, we really have to balance this and work on those relationships the way Greg is saying that will influence that will that will help that will guide that will disciple and you need a strong relationship for that but what we also have to do is we can't say that killing a child in the womb is wrong everybody should have their child and then not celebrate and support that mother and child in any way shape or form so the fact that your nieces have both chosen life and are giving birth to new children of God needs to be celebrated. Yes, you want to work on that relationship. Guide them toward marriage. Love them through it. But celebrating that choice for life and those babies is a significant part in building that relationship and truly celebrating a child who deserves to be celebrated because God's created another child for us to love in this world. And even with the housewarming thing, all right. So, so again, is that the sort of is that the sort of relationship that that the that the baby deserves to be raised in? Well, no, the baby deserves much much more. Um, would it be better for these two to be establishing a stable, you know, relatively stable home environment, or would it be better for them to? not to, to 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 not be trying to do that and make the child go back and forth between homes and deal with all of that well if that would that be so if that would be a step in the right direction we want to support that step right again that's not saying that what they're doing is 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 correct or ideal it's not even say. necessarily approving of the fact that they're living out of wedlock it's it's saying that i want to support the positive steps that that anyone takes to move toward a healthier holier life and that's what god does with us right god walks with us even when we are doing sinful things he recognizes the intention behind what we're trying to do he doesn't he doesn't approve the sin he says there's a better way to do this but i'm going to walk with you and show you how to get to that place you need to be so Carol, my, my, it's not a question of how far do you have to go. It's a question of what a privilege it is to be a part of these people's lives so that you can be a witness and, and a support and an encouragement to them as they are working to get themselves the healing and the grace they need to lead a healthier and holier life. And what a privilege it is for God to be able to use you as an instrument of grace in their lives. And so you want to be more a part of their lives. You want to support the positive things that they do to move toward a healthier, more stable, more uh, loving and holier life. So, Carol, I just want to really challenge you gently on this uh, to, to understand what it means to love your nieces in this situation and to be an effective witness of what it means to live uh, a healthier, more holy and stable life. Thanks for the call. 877-573-7825. With that, let's go to Paula, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Oklahoma on Oklahoma Catholic Radio. Hey, Paula, what's going on? Good morning. I think I've an I've heard the answer from you too just now <laughs> listening. <laughs> okay, what's up? I have a well. I have two diff two workers in the workplace that they are very low skilled and they don't have certificates and they they've got very good points. 
but I'm being the triangulator, and it's exhausting, and and they're running me. I'm the boss, and they're running me to some extent, not terrible. It's very hard to find good help at all in yes. the whole area. At all, yeah. And so I just learned from you about St. Augustine, and and I really have... I'm at the point I'm so exhausted running them. I have to they don't understand boundaries. I tell them I'm busy, they keep on. They just run me over. Okay. So so I th- so you were you were calling to find out whether you what you should do whether you should let them go or or if there are other options here. What does it sound like based on what you've heard so far? What does it sound like you need to do? Sounds like I sit, need to sit each one down individually, not on a text message, face-to-face. And mm-hmm. I need to say you have great strengths, but these are the ways that you're being negative for my practice. Yeah. And and then if, if they're not able to live up, to, and I would say offer them the support or the education. Like you said, they don't have certificates. I would even offer to to, 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 to get, have them get the training that they need to do the job well. I would I would say, you know, these are the things that I need. These are the expectations that I have. This is the training that I'm willing to provide. And this is the training you're going to need to get on your own. Uh, and you have insert time period here, three months, six months, one month, whatever it is, to, to improve on these things, right? or I'm going to have to let you go. And in the meantime, you're looking for somebody else to, to bring on in the case that you might need to replace them. You know, because we need to be clear about our expectations with people. Um, it's, it's enabling to just keep lowering the bar. Um, you know, even St. John Paul talked about what he called the... Um, uh, oh heck, the the law of uh, oh the, the the law of gradualism versus gradualism of the law. It's a big fancy way to say, you know, it's one thing to say the bar is here. Let me help you reach it. It's another thing to keep lowering the bar and saying, fine, you can just step over it if you can't reach it. Uh, it be, we don't do anybody any good when we lower the bar so much that that we don't expect anything from them. But by keeping the bar where it is and saying, I will support you in getting there if you're willing to do the work then we are helping that person become healthier and, and happier and holier. And so that's what you need to do here is exactly what you said. Sit down with your employees, say, you know, you have some great strengths. You've been here. You, you mentioned that, that they've been loyal and you have a lot of things you admire about them. You know, bring those out, but say, but, but we've gotten complaints because you've told our screener that you've gotten bad reviews because of their behavior. Um, we've gotten complaints. And so I want to support you in doing better, right? Here's the bar. Here's where it is. Here's what I'm willing to do to help you meet it. What do you think you need to do to get the rest of the way? Okay, you've got X number of X amount of time to complete that task in. I want, I'm hoping that you can make it. If not, I'm going to have to replace you because I can't keep getting bad reviews for the business, right? And so you're very clear about what your expectations are, what you're willing to do to support them, what their responsibility is, and then they have a choice to make: Do I want the job or not? And if and if they don't do the things you need them to do, or do the work that you're giving them the opportunity to do, or take advantage of the support that you're providing them to meet that bar then they can go find another job that they actually be good at. Paula, thank you so much for the call, and I really, really appreciate the opportunity to clarify that. And I'm glad that you tuned in today. And I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you feel like you got some good advice on how to move forward with it. And listeners, if you're looking for ways to deal with those difficult people in your life, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com, where you can learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, personal life, in the light of God's grace. That's all at catholiccounselors.com. Regardless, don't forget to get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because you know what? 
With His grace, there is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.